Well, hey, I'm fired up, not only for those of you here in the room, but I also want to welcome those of you joining us on the other side of that camera uh, from all over the world. Thanks for tuning in online. Let's give it up for them as well. We're glad you're with us. Well, I don't know if you've ever lost something that's really important to you. Uh, it was January 2018 uh, when we lost our little two-year-old daughter in the Las Vegas airport. Uh, it was one of those scenarios where, I, I promise, I'm actually a pretty decent dad, uh, but uh, I thought our daughter Elsie was with Tiffany. Tiffany thought Elsie was with me. And so Elsie walks up, and I'm, and I'm like, or Tiffany walks up, and I'm like, where's Elsie? She's like, well, I thought she was with you. And I'm like, well, I thought she was with you. And, and so where's Elsie? We don't know. And, uh, and so Elsie had wandered off, and she was, was all alone. And, and so our two other kids are with us. It was our family of five, her Tiffany's parents, her, her brother, sister, uh, and uh, sister-in-law, and, and their kids. And so there's a, there's a pack of us. There's like 10 of us. And I'm like, who's got Elsie? They're like, I thought you had Elsie. <laughs> she wandered off. Uh, and, and so um, I, I don't know if you've ever lost a kid somewhere, um, but as a parent of three, two out of three is not a very good ratio uh, whenever it comes to your kids. <laughs> Like, like, we get to our destination, like, well, where's the third one? I don't know, two out of three is the best we could do, you know? Uh, it's like, not like shooting hoops, like two out of three is okay when you're shooting hoops and play, playing cornhole or something like that, but two out of three when it comes to your kids, it's a problem. And my other kids, they're, they're, they're a little bit older, they're like, Daddy, before we go on the plane, can we get a snack? Can I get some, I want some hot chocolate, chocolate, Dad, can I get some chocolate? I'm like, boys, your sister is missing, like... <laughs> You help me find your sister or get out of my way because nothing else matters right now and it definitely doesn't matter about hot chocolate, right? I was relentless. Nothing else mattered to me besides finding my baby girl. And I want you to know, some of you here in the room, I want you to know your heavenly father is pursuing you with that kind of diligence. I want you to know that your heavenly father is hunting you down. He's looking for you. you. Maybe you wandered off and he's saying, hey, where's my little girl? Where's my, where's my boy? Where's my boy? He's looking for you. He's, honey, he's compassionate for you. He's committed to you, to finding you, to bringing you home safely. Because in God's economy, two out of three is not an acceptable ratio. He's ridiculously in love with you. And there's a ton of scripture that talk about God's heart for you in that way. God's love for you that richly. There's also a ton of scripture that talks about God's heart to, to help his kids partner with him to find his other kids that have wandered, wandered off. In fact, the passage that kind of frames up the big idea for this series, Go Fish, communicates that heart, God's heart for, for his people. And, and, uh, and I believe he's still calling us today to, to help find his kids that have wandered off. And, and so Jesus comes to his disciples, and it's uh, the first time he would call some disciples to follow him. And, and he makes this audacious claim. He kind of states his purpose from the jump, from the get-go. Hey, if you're going to follow me, here's what I'm going to do for you. And so, so here it is. It's in Matthew. And uh, Matthew 18 and 19, he calls a, a couple of fishermen. And he says, it says Jesus, uh, walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, uh, Simon called Peter and Andrew, his brother. They were casting their nets into the sea, for they were, they were fishermen. And then he says this, and I intentionally left off the end of this verse. It says, then he said to them, follow me, and I will make you... You guys are a smart group. 
But what if you didn't know that answer? But like if Jesus were to come to you today, what do you think Jesus would ask you to do? Like if he extends an invitation, if you follow me, I'm going to make you read your Bible a whole lot and pray, some people might think. Like let's assume we don't know what this passage says. What do you think it would say? You follow me and I'm going to make you stop doing a bunch of stuff that's destroying your life. Right? You, you follow me, I'm going to make you, I'm going to make you uh, very disciplined. If you follow me, I'm going to make you do what? Like we have preconceived ideas, right, of what God might make us do. But, but when, whenever Jesus came to his disciples, the first thing he said, out of the gate, one, I want you to follow me. And my mission, my purpose, if you choose to follow me, here's what I'm going to do for you. I'm going to make you fishers of men. I'm going to make you Fishers of men. Luke's gospel account of the same, same deal says, says, you follow me, I'll, I'll, make you, uh, I'll, I'll make you fish for people. I'll help you fish for people. The Tim Perkins translation would be this. Followers fish. Followers fish. Like, you're a follower of Jesus. We fish. That's what we do. That's our purpose. Now, now let me just acknowledge some tension in the room around that idea. Because some of you, we say this word like evangelism. You, like you, something comes into your mind, and sometimes it's not really good. Uh, maybe you think, oh boy, here he goes. The pastor's going to make us go on Amazon and order the latest and greatest bullhorn so we can stand outside the SAP center and tell people the party ends in hell, right? Like, go enjoy the ice skating rink because it's cold in there, but it's hot in hell, right? Like, that's what, uh, maybe that's what you're thinking. That's not what we're doing. We're not doing that. We're not doing that. Uh, maybe you think, oh boy, he's going to hand us Sharpies and a poster board as we exit. We're going to make signs. We're going to have to go stand on the street corner and tell people, like, hey, this is, who we, this is what it's about. This is what it's about. No, 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 we're not going to do that. Uh, maybe you think, oh man, he's going he's to like stick our hands full of gospel tracts and say, turn or burn, baby. Turn or burn. Right? No, no, we're not going to do that. Uh, but what I, what I do hope to do over these next few minutes is to communicate how serious, that we would take seriously this biblical mandate to go fish. And I, here's, here's the good news. I think we can go fish without being weird. I think it's possible. The church, we have a lot, church at large, we got a lot of weirdos in the church. Um, we don't need more of those, but we need some more normal people who are willing to go fish. <laughs> and so uh, over the next few minutes, two things I want to convince you of. Number one, I want to convince you that scripture clearly states that as followers of Jesus, we are called to go fish. Second thing, as your pastor, I never want to communicate, hey, here's what scripture says and not give you some practical handles. How are we going to do this? I want to show you how you can go fish without, without being weird. And here's what I would say. I think fishing's fun. Like, I just like to fish, for one. I grew up with my grandpa and my family on the outside of St. Louis on the Mississippi River going fishing, catfishing with my grandpa. Some of my best memories fishing. I love fishing in rivers and lakes and ponds and the ocean. I just love, I just love to fish. I think fishing's fun. But even if you don't like actually going fishing, I think fishing for people is actually fun. Here's what the Bible says. You can cause a celebration. You can cause all of heaven to erupt in celebration by, by going fishing. Here's what it says in Luke 15, uh, 7. Actually, this whole chapter of Luke is dedicated to this idea of, of going fishing and finding things that are lost. It says this. You can count on it. Count on it. There's more joy in heaven over one sinner's rescued life than over the 99 people who did not need to be rescued. Like, hey, you want to throw a party in heaven? Help someone find and follow Jesus. Fishing's fun. Fishing's fun. You can cause a celebration in heaven. 2 Corinthians 5, 18 through 21, it, it reads this. It says, all this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself through Christ. Check this out. Help me out with the black word. It says, 
And God has given us this, this task. We've been given a task. We've got, we got a purpose. We've got a, a mission. We've got a ministry. Here's our, here's our task, the task of reconciling, reconciling people to him. And so this word reconciling, it's, a, it's actually an accounting term. It's where we reconcile a statement to zero. We want to reconcile that statement. Here's what he's saying. He's saying, you know what, for me, for me personally, like if, if sinning was an Olympic sport, I think I could compete because I'm good at blowing it, right? I'm good at that. And here the Bible states, like every time you sin, like there's actually a, a list. There's actually a, a roster of, of all those things. So every time I, I did not honor my mom and dad, sorry, mom and dad, I got a long list. It's listed out. It's listed out. Every time I, I lied, it's on a list. Every, every time I used God's name, it's listed out. Every time I stole, every time I took something that wasn't mine, on a list. Every time I used God's name in the wrong context, all listed out. I've blown it. Man, I have blown it a lot. And I've done all that and I've done a lot more. My list is long. But here's the message. Here's the task. Here's, the, here's why fishing's fun. Because we get to be able to go to people and say, hey, though your list is really long, we can bring that account balance to zero, right? Here's the good news. April 15th's coming. You don't have to pay taxes. <laughs> Give me that message. I'll go tell some people and make their day. You don't have to pay that college loan anymore. Your account balance has been reconciled to zero, partner. Good news. That's good news, right? Well, better than that, the records of heaven could be brought to zero, and you get to be entrusted with that message. You get this task. We get this message of reconciliation. Check this out in verse 19. For God was in Christ reconciling, bringing the account balance to zero, uh, reconciling the world to himself. No, here it is. He just comes out and says it. No longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message. Like, holy smokes, you don't have to pay it. You can be reconciled. You can reconciliation, this message of reconciliation. So we, check this out, are Christ ambassadors. God is making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Come back. Just come back. Come back to God. For God made Christ who never sinned to be a sin offering. Here it is, an offering for our sins so that we could be made right with God. Here's the deal. You can, we can make a choice. We all have a choice. Like, you can pay the penalty for all this, this, this junk that you've done in your life. Like, that's an option. That's a choice you can make. Or you can say, you know what? No, 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 no. I believe that Jesus stepped in. He, paid, he reconciled my bank account so that I, don't, I can be free from that. Here's the good news. You don't have to carry that sin anymore. Here's the good news. You can be free from a guilty conscience. Here's the good news. Like, your account balance can be brought to zero. I don't know of a better message out there not only has ramifications for this life right here and now, but also huge ramifications for the life that is to come. So there it is, followers, followers fish. And you've been given a task. We've got a ministry. We've got an assignment uh, as long as we're walking this earth. And I would just say this. If you're not dead yet, you're not done yet. You still got more work to do. You still got an assignment. Listen, two out of three is not an acceptable ratio. And as long as God has you here on this earth, you have a ministry, you have a purpose, you have a task of reconciling, helping people find and follow Jesus. 1 Peter 2, 9 through 10 reads this. It says, but, but you are the ones chosen by God. Like you're chosen. You are chosen people. I, I tell my, my kids, I go to my five-year-old and I say, Drake, guess what, partner? 
out of all the five-year-olds, you can list them up, line them all up. Out of all the five-year-olds, I'd pick you, buddy. You're mine. You're my kid. I've chosen you. I'm thankful for you. I wouldn't pick anybody else. I think your heavenly father feels the same way about you. He's chosen you. We are a chosen people by God. Chosen for the high priestly calling, for, for the for calling of high priestly work. What does that even mean? You're chosen to help people find and follow Jesus. You, you are Christ's ambassadors. Chosen to be a holy people. What does that even mean? Well, I'm set apart for God's purposes. Check this out. Here's what I am. I'm a chosen instrument. Here, here's what I do. I do his work and speak out for him. I speak out for him. And I tell others, there it is, the night and day difference he's made for you. Tell others the night and day difference he's made for you. Tell others the night and day difference he's made for you. How you went from, from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. There it is. You do that, you won't be weird. Like, just tell people. Has, he, has Jesus made a difference in your life? Just tell them. Tell them the night and day difference, how you went from nothing to something. That leads me to the first point. We got these bad boys. If you're uh, following along, a lot of scriptures we're going to look at. If you want kind of some practical handles to take away, uh, I'd encourage you to fill out this. This is in your program. The first fill in the blank, if you're, if you're following along with us there, is um, to share the hope that we have. Share the hope. First Peter uh, five, uh, 3, 15 through 16 reads this. Uh, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord and always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the, the hope, the hope that you have. Uh, that's not weird, right? Like, you just, I'm just going to tell people the night and day difference God's made for me. I'm going to tell people I've got hope. Listen, some of us, if we're honest, like if I'm honest, I'm like, well, I need to know more because they're going to ask a question that's going to stump me. And then like, I'm not even going to know what to say. Like if I go talk to that, I might be a Hindu by the end of this conversation. I'm not too sure I should even talk to him about it, right? You know? And so, so, so we're like, we're going to let, we're going to let, let Richard go talk to him. I'm going to let Dan, Don go talk to him. I'm going to let, I'm going to let Ben talk to him because like, I, I might convert. I don't know. <laughs> Here's, you don't have to know all the answers, you don't have to know why the four horsemen of the apocalypse. You don't have to know that. You don't have to know what happened to the dinosaurs. You don't have to know. You don't know how did Jonah survive in the belly of a fish for three days. You don't have to know all the answers to that. Here's what you do need to know. Why you have hope. Why you have hope. If you have hope, then you're a candidate to go fish. We can go fish. So we're just going to share the hope that we have. It says, but do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience, so that those who speak maliciously against you We'll observe your good behavior and they'll be ashamed of their slander. So, so here's the good news. You don't have to know it all. You don't have to know it all. You just have to share why you have hope. So I want to kind of frame this up, give you some very practical handles, how we're going to do this. So, so here it is. You ready? Fill in the blank. Uh, how I realized I needed Christ. How did you realize you needed Christ? You just share hope. Like, what's your story? You don't have to have all the answers. Here's what I will say. As you start sharing hope, as you start talking to people, it's going to drive you to discover some answers because they're going to ask you questions that you probably don't have answers to. And in that moment, here's what I would encourage you to say. That's a great question. I don't know. That's an acceptable answer. But here's what I do know. I do know Christ has changed my life. I do know I have hope. And so here it is. How did I realize I needed Christ? For me, if you were to ask me that question, there's a lot, a lot that I could say. Um, but basically, I realized my plan wasn't working. Uh, my plan to find fulfillment was actually a treadmill that just left me tired, exhausted, and always wanting more. I was never satisfied. 
Basically, I felt like I, I was tricked. What I thought would satisfy actually never, never did. Um, it's kind of like, like this. Um, these, these got a little bit wet up here from my, my water, but so they're just added color, so it makes them even more awesome today. But check this out. Wh- which one would you say is bigger, the blue or the red? Blue, right? And here's my deal. Like, I thought, man, if I just had more money, I'd be happy. Let me just tell you what's weighed on the other side of that promotion. We want more money. It's not going to satisfy. I very confidently thought, man, if I just had more relationships, if I had better friends, then I'd be satisfied. Let me tell you what happened on the other side of making some great friends. I wanted some more friends, some different friends. Let me tell you, in San Jose, some of you are like, if, it would be a miracle from heaven if I could buy a house here. Let me tell you what's waiting on the other side of that house. A bigger house, something else, something more shiny. This is my story. It was a treadmill. And I thought, man, if I could just be satisfied, then I do this. And so I, I, I did a bunch of drugs. I did a bunch of stuff I regret. And let me just tell you, I, on the other side of that was this. I was tricked. I was deceived. I thought, man, if I only had more, if I only had this, if I only had that, I was tricked. I was deceived. That's my story. That's my story. What's your story? How did you realize you needed, needed Christ? Tell them. Just tell them. Here's how I realized it. Second thing, second fill in the blank. I'm going to tell them how, how I realized I needed Christ. Second thing I'm going to do is I'm going to tell them how I committed my life to Christ. How did you commit your life to Christ? For me, here's what I would say. I would say I didn't have to check my brain at the door. I didn't have all my questions answered. But I knew enough to believe that Jesus really walked on this earth. I knew enough to believe that, that Jesus really died on a literal cross. I knew there was enough historical evidence for me to believe that. I, I believed, I knew that Jesus rose from the dead. And I believed that, that all the junk I did was paid for in that moment. That's, that's what I believed. And in that moment, my, my, I believe my account balance was reconciled. I believe I was brought to a zero in the court's of heaven. I committed my life to understanding God's word and applying it the best I knew how. And, and man, that's where life change really began for me. But what's your story? What's your story? How did you, you realize you needed Jesus? How, how did you commit your life to him? I would just be fascinated to know. I'd encourage you to share this over lunch. Right after this, go tell somebody. Go, go tell your grandkids. How did you know? Remember. Remember back. Reflect on that moment. Third, I would say, what difference has it made in your life? So how did I realize I needed Jesus? How did I commit my life to Jesus? What difference has it made? And if you were to ask me that question, I would just ask, how much time do you have? Because <laughs> my life was jacked up before I met Jesus. And he changed. He changed everything. But if I could boil it all down, here's what I would say. I would say he's provided me with deep hope, purpose, that this world never offered me and this world can never take away from me. I'm still very driven. I'm still a competitive dude. Like, I want to win at everything I do. But I would say this, I'm content in the striving now. Before I was striving for contentment, now I'm striving from contentment. And no one can take that away from me. That's my story. I've tried a lot of things to achieve contentment. I've tried a lot of things to find rest, to find peace, to get off that treadmill. But only, only Christ provided that for me. So what's your story? And let me just ask you, let me just say, if you can answer those three questions, how I realized I needed Jesus, how I committed my life to Christ, and the difference it's made in my life, guess what? You can go fish. Go fish. Like, tell people. It's awesome. Tell people you got hope. 
and why you have, have hope. Second, some of you will find this a little bit easier. Share my church. I'm going to share my church. That's a good way to go fish. In Luke 14, there's an interesting story. It's Jesus telling this parable about, about this banquet. And in this day and age, uh, banquets, weddings were huge because it meant free food. It meant the party wasn't going to stop. It meant that there was going to be a whole lot of things, good things going on. And so Jesus tells a story about this banquet. And he says, hey, here's my guest list. I want you to go invite these people. And so the servant goes out and he's like, hey, we're having a party. There's a wedding. Come see. And they're like, well, I got, I got this job, right? And I can't come because I'm, I got this new Tesla. I got to drive it. And he's like, I got, this, I, got this, I got this ox. I got this horse. I can't, I can't come. He says, okay, well, hey, we still got more space. So, so we're going to expand the circle. We're going to extend the guest list. Go tell them. So, so he said, okay, I'm going to go tell them. Goes out. Still more room. So here's what it says in Luke 14, 23. It says, then the master told the servant, go out to the roads. Go way out there. Go to the country lanes. Help me out with this word. And compel them to come but like you do everything you can just to get them to come so that my house will be full i hope you're compelling people to. i hope you're a compelling follower of jesus i hope i hope i hope you're just i hope we're a compelling church i hope i hope that we're striving to be and so let me let me frame it up this way there's a lot let me just put it this way who's one person some of you have a long list. One person who you know who doesn't know Jesus. Who's one person you know who doesn't go to church? Who's one person you know in your circle of influence? They live here in San Jose. We're not talking Alaska. <laughs> we're talking your coworker. We're talking that barista. We're talking, we're talking people in your sphere of influence, your circle of influence. Who you know who don't know God? Who is it? Just one person. One person. Are you ready? Right, here's what we're going to do. Here's how, here's how we're going to go fish. Number one, you're filling the blank. I will pray for whoever that is. In your circle of influence, you, you fill in the blank. You're going to pray for them. Who are you intentionally praying for? Let, let me phrase it this way. Hey, if, if God were to answer every prayer you prayed this week, would heaven be more populated or not? Now, that's a tough question. You say, that's not fair. Okay, I agree with that. I say that not to make you feel bad, though. I say that to say, man, sometimes in the midst of our busyness, sometimes in the midst of wanting the chocolate milk at the airport, sometimes wanting the, the snack, we, we lose sight that your, your sister is missing. <laughs> we got to find her, right? I, I, I fall guilty of that. And so... So Jesus comes along and he says this. This is my primary purpose. This is my target audience. Here's what Jesus said. We're followers of him, so here's what I hope ours becomes, if it's not already. And it's this. Matthew 2.17 says, uh, Jesus said to them, it's not the healthy who need a doctor, but the sick. And here's his target audience. I have not come. This is a purpose statement. I have not come to call the righteous, but sinners. Now, now here, hear me on this. We pray for, for, for each other. If you're inside the walls of this church, I just want you to know we pray for you. You fill out a prayer request card, man, we diligently pray for you. This Tuesday, the staff and myself will be in this room praying for you. Every prayer request that gets filled out, we're praying for you. The elders of this church on Tuesday night, when we get together, I just want you to know we're praying for you. We value prayer. We, we want to care for each other. That person sitting next to you, you should pray for them. Some of you are like, you better believe it. I know who's sitting next to me. They need some prayer. 
Don't elbow anybody. That would be rude. Um, but I, I'm just saying, who are you praying for that's not in the room? Who are you praying for that doesn't know God? Because it was God's heart to do that. I would say this. Fishing is really the Father's business. It's the Father's business. John 6, says this. No one comes to the Father unless, unless the Father who sent me draws them. Like fishing's it's, it's Father's work. But here's what it also says. How can they know unless you tell them? How can they know unless, unless you extend an invitation to them? It's kind of like this video. I took my kids fishing last, last summer and uh, got a video of my little baby girl. I want to show it to you at this time. So check this out. Oh, well, she's coming! She's coming! I did it. I caught a fish. Yeah! It was awesome. It was awesome. Here's what you didn't see. I baited that hook for my baby girl. Here's what you didn't see. I casted that line out for my little girl. That fish started biting. I, I set the hook for her. I put her hand on that. I helped her reel it in. She, she lifted it out of the water. I caught a fish. Daddy, I caught one. Boys, look. Woo! Right? I took the fish off the hook for her. I put it back in the pond for her. And here's what she said. Daddy, I'm the best fisher girl in the world. I said, yeah, you are, baby. Yeah, you are. You're daddy's little fisher girl. That's awesome. That's awesome. Here's what I'm saying. We we just got to pray. We need the Father's help in this process, right? And here's my question to you. If you bring your best, your heavenly Father brings his best, what fish are impossible for you to catch? You bring your best to that pond. Your Father's going to bring his best to that pond. Who's impossible? What's impossible? Second thing I would say, uh, so we're going to pray for them. Uh, second fill in the blank there. I will show blank, I care for them. I will show them I care. Hebrews thirteen sixteen says, and help me out with the, the black words, and, and don't forget to do good. Do good and share with others. For with such sacrifices, God's pleased. I'm just saying, as a church, sometimes we miss this. We miss the obvious, right? Like, we're, we're called to do good to people. We just get busy, though, don't we? I get busy. And so sometimes I, I fail to pray for them. Sometimes I fail to actually show them I care. I do care. Sometimes I fail to just show it. And my guess is that maybe you do, too. And so this week, what can you do to show them you care? That person you're praying for, that person that, that you want to, to help find and follow Jesus, how are you going to show them you care? Maybe it's just bringing in a big box of donuts to the office this week. A little sugar and a smile go a long way. And so I, I just care for you. I just provide you with a bunch of cholesterol. You're welcome. <laughs> Maybe it's buying them a Starbucks drink. You know, you can get creative with this. You know them better than I do. Just show them you care. Show them you care. What are you going to do this week to show that one person you care about them? Third, fill in the blank there, would be this. Uh, I will invite blank to a service. I'll invite them to a service. As I'm praying for them, as I'm caring for them, I'm showing them that I actually care for them. I'm going to invite them to come check out this whole church thing. Um, This would be good for you. I'll just say this. If you bring somebody who doesn't typically go to church, you're going to care more about that church service than any other service you've ever been to. Because that one person starts doing that one weird thing, you're going to be like, oh no, I'm going to have to explain this over lunch, right? That greeter at the door, they, they give your, your, your friend that you brought to church the cold shoulder, you're going to be like, hey, partner, I thought you were a greeter. Like, let's greet, 
Like, you know what I mean? Right? You're going to care more about that church service than any other service. It'd be good for you. It'd be good for you to bring somebody who's never been here. It'd be good for us as a church. Because we realize, man, we do some weird things sometimes. Sometimes we, we, it's like a Christian country club. Unless you know the language, you're just not going to follow along. We want to know that. We don't want to be that. We want to we put the rungs back on the ladder, not take the rungs off the ladder. We want to provide an easy place for people to find and follow Follow Jesus. It'd be good for you to invite someone. It'd be good for them. You have hope. Share hope. That's awesome. That'd be awesome. Um, some people see these uh, as invite cards. You say, yeah, Tim, that's an Easter invite card. I know what that is. And I would say this. I, I see this as a seed. This isn't an invite card. This is a seed. In the weeks leading up to Easter, I want to sow some seeds into this community. I want to sow some seeds into my circle of influence. Whenever I'm at, at a restaurant, I want to sow some seed. My waiter, my waitress, they come over. I want to leave a, a healthy tip, 20% or more. If you leave a low tip, don't leave one of these. Uh, we don't want that reputation. You leave a healthy tip, you leave one of these, I'm going to invest in you, and then I want to, I want to invite you. Dr. Robert Schuler said this. He said this. Check this out on the screen. It says, anyone can count the seeds in an apple, but only God can count the number of apples in a seed. This is a seed. This is a seed. Um, check this out. Here's an apple. We could cut this open, and we could count the number of seeds inside this apple. And as a church, let me just tell you, this is what we pray for, isn't it? God, catch some fish. Let's bear fruit. This is delicious. I want some more of this. Often we pray for this, and God answers with that. We can count the number of seeds in this apple, but you can't count the number of apples in this seed. But here's what I know to be true. If we're faithful with this, God will entrust us with this. And the more seeds you sow, the more fruit you see. And you can count the number of apples in this, the number of seeds in this apple, but we have no idea the potential of this. You have no idea the potential of that waiter, that waitress. Let me just tell you, some people sowed some seeds into my life and they had no idea it would lead to this moment. I was jacked up. They still sowed some seed. They still prayed for me. Beyond all odds, they prayed for me. Beyond all odds, they, they showed me, I care for you, Tim. Beyond all odds, they, they, they sowed some, a little bit of this in effort to, to see this. Here's what I know to be true. When this seed, when we're, we're faithful stewards with this seed, we're going to see more of this. And when this, this seed and this fruit begin to work together, it can become that. We see that and we say, wow, how's that happen? Well, this was a part of it. But you don't get this without that. If you're not faithful with this, we won't see any of that. If we don't see any of this, we'll never see that. So what's God put into your hand? Again, we pray for this. God, rescue people. God, free them from the addiction. God, step in and raise the dead to life again. Do what only you can do, God. Do big things. We pray for this. And oftentimes God answers with that. So I'm just saying, in this Easter season, who are you investing in? Who are you inviting? Because if we're going to see this, 
Got to be faithful with that. So who are you praying for? Who are you showing you care? Who are you inviting? I would venture to guess over 95% of the room, people, you're here because someone invested in you. Someone brought you. Someone invited you. You heard about this place somehow, right? Let's just extend the same thing that we ourselves have received. That's the kingdom principle. Steward the seed well. God will bless you with fruit. Fruit becomes an orchard. Lifeway Research Center did a study. They, they pulled thousands of people in North America. And here's what they found. 67% of people said if a family member would, would invite them, they'd come. Here's what they found. 63% of people said, hey, if my neighbor would invite me, if my friends would invite me, I'd come. Here's what they found. If a stranger, some anybody, 48% said if a personal invitation was given, I'd check that church stuff out. I'd give it a shot. That doesn't mean they're fully devoted followers of Jesus. They're just saying, I would try it. I'd check it out. Those are staggering numbers in your favor to go fish. But even if that, those statistics were 1%, 1% of people respond, we'd still have the same biblical mandate to go, go fish. Pin Gillette, he's, uh, you may have heard of the show, Penn and Teller. Uh, they got a great show in uh, Las Vegas. I, I've seen it. It's a, good, it's a good show. They do a good, good production. But Penn is an atheist, very outspoken atheist. And uh, Penn says, he's like, I don't really respect people who, who don't tell other people about their faith. And here's how he logically teased this out. Here's his logical reasoning on this. He says this, and I quote, how much do you have to hate somebody not to proselytize? How much do you have to hate someone to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them? I I don't intend to be heavy. I don't intend to be rude. But I would say this, like I I believe, the Bible makes it clear that, that heaven is a very real place where very real people go for all of eternity. The Bible makes it abundantly clear that that hell is a very real place where very real people will go for all of eternity. And I'm just saying, that should compel me to do something because I feel like I have an answer. I feel like I have hope. If I love my family, love will compel me to go tell them. If I love my friends, my neighbors, my love is going to compel me to go. If, if, If I believe I have the antidote, then I gotta tell that barista, I got hope. And I want you to have it too. If I believe that, if I really believe that, I'm going to tell that waiter, that waitress, and it might require a 25% tip, but I'm going to tell them. (laughs) I'm going to invest in them. I'm going to invite them. I'm not going to keep it to myself because Christ's love compels us. We will be a church with a white hot passion to go fish. Not as an organizational strategy, not so we can be bigger and better, not so we can have another notch on our belt. We will go fish because Christ's love compels us. So Central Christian Church, go fish in Jesus' name. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for hope. 
not only hope for this life, but also for the life to come. We thank you, Father, that all the junk that we've done throughout our life can be reconciled, can, the bank account can be, the balance can be brought to zero because of what Jesus did on the cross. He paid the penalty for our sins, for, for my junk. And God, I just want to say thanks for that. And now, Father, I pray that you would strengthen us to be a people with your heart to go fish. That, God, you would help us to tell others how we connected with you, what our life was like before we met you, and the change that you've made in our lives. That, God, we'd be a people who pray for those in our circle of influence who don't know you. That, God, we would show them we care. And that, God, we would invite them so that they can find you and follow you. Help us to that end, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.